Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Great to have you with us. Texans and Dolphins on Sunday, and you haven't heard anything about these two teams in the news or anything, have you? I mean, linked to any stories or rumors or anything, have you? No? Either have I. I was just asking if you had. But here they are on the schedule together, and both have seven-game losing streaks. My goodness. And it's only the fourth trip for the Texans to Miami in the history of the franchise. You know, it's funny because they play the Patriots all the time, the Texans do. And this is sort of the success thing coming into play as the Texans won six divisions in the last ten years. And the Patriots tend to win the AFC East a lot. So they were playing that first-place team when they weren't matched up with the AFC East. So they just didn't get the Dolphins like that at all in the last decade. And they've played them a bunch here, but only three times there. And the Dolphins have only won one of these games, and that was there in 2015. That was the horrible game where Ryan Mallett was going to miss the flight or something like that. Remember, there was some uh, issue with him, and Brian Hoyer got the start. And the Texans were able to uh, get a few late touchdowns, but they were blown out in that game. Lamar Miller had a huge game. Lamar Miller, as I will say to our guest Joe Rose, has the biggest rushing game for each team against each other. It's kind of a weird stat fact in this series, and we'll get to that. Look, I know South Florida well. I lived there. You know this about me. I lived there. I was the voice of the Hurricanes. It's so cool to go down there for me and see some old friends, friends like Joe Rose. Uh, The Hurricanes are playing at Hard Rock Stadium the day before, and my buddies Joe Zagacki and Don Bailey are doing that game. I used to work with them in the Hurricanes booth. I won't get a chance to see them because we'll land after they're done, and they're out of there. And everything's protocoled or whatever, and we don't want to – you know, step on each other's toes, so to speak. So I won't get a chance to visit with them, but I've hooked up with them this week, connected, and uh, found out a lot about the stadium renovations and everything. It's pretty cool. I mean, if you aren't going to this one, and maybe you're not, uh, go to another one. In fact, I write a travel article, go to another one, meaning another Texans at Dolphins matchup, and it'll happen soon enough. But I wrote a travel article about this game. I write it about every city the Texans are going to. It's a sponsored thing on the Texans app at HoustonTexans.com. And I had plenty to say about South Florida, as you can imagine. Like, everybody refers to it as South Beach. Look, South Beach is a, not tiny, but a small strip of beach, South Miami Beach, right? And the whole area tends to get branded that way, but it's really not indicative of what the whole area is about. In fact, there's plenty of Miami Beach itself that's not South Beach. And I like to go to the beach in Key Biscayne when I'm down there because it's quieter and it's right off the city off the Rickenbacker Causeway and very easy to get to and things like that. But everybody's got their taste. And I joked in this article, you want to know about clubs? Don't ask me, okay? I left that demographic somewhere between the popularity peaks of Don Johnson and Enrique Iglesias. So I couldn't help you in that department. And restaurants, many of them have changed over, of course, since I lived there, what, 20 years ago, which for those of you a little younger, sounds like just this epic amount of time. As you get older, like a little more seasoned like me, 20 years goes by in 10 minutes. It just feels that way. Anyway, Miami's a cool place still. Great place to visit. Not as great a place to live as Houston, Texas. I can tell you that having lived in both places. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I think it's a tremendous place. And I know a lot of great people down there. And one of them. Let's get to him right now. Joe Rose. Now, Joe's an interesting guy. He does the morning show on WQAM, and he's done it forever. He was doing it when I got there in 1999. 
And all I was doing when I got the job as the voice of the Hurricanes was games, and I did Hurricane Hotline once a week. And that's all I did. That was my job. And I said, listen, I can do more. So if you need somebody to fill in on the morning show or whatever show, let me know. Well, the morning show had three guys, so whenever one of them would go on vacation, they'd put me in there, and I had a ball with these guys. Steve Goldstein, who works for the Florida Panthers now, and Jeff DeForest, who still does radio down there in South Florida. They were a trio. It was a really high-octane morning show. Uh, but Joe's been doing it ever since still, as uh, the other guys have left, and he's had various partners over the years. Now, he is the model for me for – a former athlete, and really making a living, a wonderful living in media post-playing career. He's done television, a ton of it. And he's done radio, obviously. He's the color commentator for the Dolphins as well. He played tight end. You might remember the name if you're seasoned. Played tight end mostly in the 80s. And he was there when they still had David Woodley, and he played in that 41-38 overtime game that lost to San Diego in the playoffs. That was an epic game. Caught two touchdown passes in that one. David Woodley in the Super Bowl when they lost to Washington. And then Dan Marino comes in, and obviously they're slinging the ball all over the place with Marino. We'll get into that, how Coach Shula adapted over the years to the different styles necessary to win with the personnel he had. Uh, and anyway, Joe is a really interesting guy, like I said. Always enjoyed working with him, so let's catch up with him now. Joe? Mark, I'm doing great, and I wish our two teams had a better record, but it's always great talking to you. Well, it's always great, and they have the same record, and it's weird. I listened to you a little bit on the Odyssey app this week, and it sounded like you were talking about the Texans, the problems that the <laughs> Dolphins have had. Well, tell me, what are some of the problems that the Dolphins have had, Joe? Well, the, the biggest disappointment, as you know, is we won 10 games last year and barely missed the playoffs, and everybody was pumped up with the two huge drafts, as you know, and a lot of it because of the Texans and the Laramie Tunsil for two ones and two twos. So we've been loaded down with five ones over two drafts and four second-round picks. So that can really turn things around. So I think people are really excited about maybe some quick development of some of these young guys. Uh, getting Will Fuller, the speedster. Oh, by the way, they played for you guys. Yep. And uh, and it just hasn't worked out. None of the things I just mentioned have worked out for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I call it to be nice here, slow developing two rookie classes. The last two draft classes, very slow developing to be nice. And um, and the second very frustrating part of this whole thing has, has been Will Fuller with a finger is going to miss again this week. Um, and I think everybody thought he'd be back after three games, and this will be his fifth game out. So it's been real frustrating. He had a suspension. He had uh, a game he took off for personal reasons. So we uh, we barely know Will Fuller at this point. He missed all the camp. Can't make all that up. Yeah, and he would be a big plus for Tua. I know these two teams have been linked to all the trade rumors and everything, but let's talk about the quarterback the Dolphins currently have. How is Tua doing? What does he need to do to develop better, to get better, improve in this league? Hey, Mark, I got to tell you something. Since coming back from his, his crack ribs, um, I got to tell you, I've been impressed. I, I really have, considering um, he doesn't have a very good offensive line at this point. Let's, let's be real honest. Can't run block, um, and pass protection's been right there with it. It's been a struggling starting five 
a lot of them young guys, a lot of a lot of them, you know, are some of those draft classes I just talked about the last the last two. So but I think two has really at times played really well. He's had one or two throws that uh, he'd like to have back in uh, in Jacksonville and then back home against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But he's made a lot of good throws and he's gotten a lot better. Um but the point is, without getting in the whole Deshaun Watson thing that I'm sure you guys are getting tired of, with all that talk and what he has had to put up with over the last two weeks, nobody's talked football. Everybody's asked him um, things around Deshaun Watson, how you feel about the team, obviously interested in Deshaun Watson. What's it tell you? What's it mean? So, so the guys blocked that out and played, considering he's dealt with that, I think pretty good football and considering what he's got around him to work with. Yeah. When you look at the performances and some of the throws, Joe, and you're right, having to answer those questions. And is this possible that, Hey, he could be a really good quarterback and they could think highly of him or well enough, but Watson is just that good. Is all that possible? Can both things be true? I think if, if we could cut through what Chris Greer, who talked today, the general manager talked for the Miami Dolphins, I think that's that's the whole thing. The thing is, without coming right out and saying what you just said, look, it, no matter what two is going to be, we know what Deshaun Watson already is. And he's a young guy. And if he ever gets all these legal problems taken care of and we can get him, of course, this o- opens it up for a lot of other football teams again. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. But so so because people ask me, so so what's to his motivation knowing this is going on? Well, first of all, he wants to show the whole league that he can be a starting quarterback and a good one. Because if he's not starting here, like Ryan Tannehill, he wants to go somewhere else and be a starting quarterback. And so if nothing else, this is an audition the rest of of this year, not only for the Miami Dolphins, but if they want to move him and they can get something. By the way, don't don't be too surprised if he's not the starting quarterback again next year till they get this uh, thing figured out. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him back, but he'll be super motivated. People, oh, the poor guy's going through this and that. What's motivating him? He wants to show the league that he can play. There's a lot of teams going to be looking for quarterbacks. Dolphins color commentator, WQAM morning host, and former Miami tight end Joe Rose joining us on Texans Radio here. You mentioned Tannehill. So the Titans are in our division, and Tannehill looks really good. Of course, Derrick Henry is a huge part of that. But what do you make of what Tannehill is doing now? I know it wasn't bone dry there. You had a playoff season with him and some success. But what do you think of what Ryan Tannehill is these days? I think he got with a better team, with better talent around him, starting with a better offensive line. And that guy that was that was running behind him, Derrick Henry, that I'm convinced about half the league defensively doesn't want to tackle him anyway when he gets running. Um, but but I think Ryan has really had a chance to shine. Got a new contract, got a front-line contract uh, that's really going to set him up. I, I think he was out to prove something. This was more about the Miami Dolphins, their system, and what I was playing with and not about me. And I think he's been able to to prove that to the National Football League. I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's top elite, but I think he's a really good starting quarterback. Are you with me that Derrick Henry is probably the MVP of the league last year and maybe this year because, look, you could pick five, six quarterbacks. 
great. All the great quarterbacks are extremely valuable. It's hard to pick the most valuable one. But Henry means more to his team than any other non-quarterback in the NFL. 100%, and I think they're going to find out. I think they're going to find that out. He's almost at 1,000 yards, Mark, already for this year. He's had a 2,000-yard season. Uh, again, I've seen a lot of yapping really good physical defenses, and I'm convinced a lot of guys made business decisions and didn't want to tackle him one-on-one mm. or win no hurry. Either that or he got a lot faster because I'm watching him <laughs> outrun a lot of guys that are giving it the old arm special that don't look like they're really interested. Do I really want to try to tackle that 250-pound guy who can run? All right, Joe, what's happening on defense for the Dolphins? The numbers are not pretty, to say the least, and this is a Texan saying that. The Texans have been struggling in that department as well. They look good through a couple of quarters, maybe two and a half, up to three quarters, but then in the fourth quarter kind of breaks down. What's been going on with the Dolphins on that side of the football? Um, The run defense has actually gotten a little better. The pass rush is just not good enough. We added – Jalen Phillips, one of those first-round picks when we first started this conversation, not making an impact yet from the University of Miami. Um, needs a lot of work. Um, and so I'm not sure he has a coach that can help him with the work he needs, by the way, uh, with hands and leverage and all the things that great pass rushers need to do. So the pass rush just hasn't been there, and I just have noticed when quarterbacks, all of them, and we have seen Trevor Lawrence recently – we, we, we have seen Matty Ice, who now we've, you know, we, we've seen them all, and, and Josh Allen last week. When those guys have time to throw, they are chewing us up. Mm-hmm. And, and so we blitz. The blitzes haven't always got there on time either. So I think the biggest problem, shockingly, is our secondary has not been as good as I thought it would be. And saying that, when you don't have a pass rush, Anybody, as you know, any starting quarterback in the NFL can chew up a secondary if you can't get there after a while. All right, Joe, I did a bunch of shows with you when I lived in South Florida, but I never got to ask you questions like this. So I'm going to go for it right now. What was it like to play for Coach Shula, the most successful coach in the history of this league? Um, Very intimidating coming right out of Cal Berkeley. I'll start with that. Very intimidating. When I got here, everybody said, hey, Welcome to playing for the toughest coach in the NFL. So that wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear when I got off the plane as a, as a draft pick for the Miami Dolphins. Um, but, man, he, he was just uh, – it was unbelievable because of his track record, because I was aware when I got there and still had a few guys on the undefeated football team I played with. Mm. I got it real quickly that this guy was a frontline, disciplined coach believed in doing things the right way, not making mental mistakes, don't beat yourself. Um, and in the old school of, of really tough practices, he had two of them every day. Uh, but, but probably the exact and, and right coach, uh, being a little wild coming out of Berkeley that I needed to play for that really helped me. And now, and I never thought I was going to be that guy, Mark, but now I do some of the same things he does. And I catch myself as an old guy that's like at events early and get mad when other people aren't early because he just, his biggest pet peeve was if you were late. And I mean, one minute, it was just disrespectful. I don't know if you want to be on this. I mean, he, he he could, in the old school of the NFL, 
he uh, he got his point across by the way um, he coached and his rules and regulations. I think what stands out to me is the versatility, right? Because you played in that 41-38 overtime to the Chargers when he went to Don Strzok after starting David Woodley. And then you look at the Super Bowl season with Woodley, and then a couple of years later you have Dan Marino going to a Super Bowl with a completely different set of circumstances, offense, everything. The team identity had completely changed, but he doesn't. What about that part of him? Mark, uh, that's a great point, and uh, I, I can never get anything by you because I forgot you were down here in South Florida for so long, but I, you, break up, you bring up a great point. So the, the undefeated Miami Dolphins with Mercury Morris, Larry Zonka, and Jim Kick, one of the great running games in the history of the, of the National Football League. I mean, even though they had Paul Warfield on the outside, it was about running the football and pounding you going back to some of those Super Bowls. Um, and then to watch him, actually, when he got Dan Marino, um, it was incredible. To, like, he just – he made changes late in his coaching career and said, I got a special player here. Get me Clayton. Mark Clayton, get me Mark Duper, get me players that can catch the ball. He drafted guys. He always made sure Dan Marino had weapons, and he said it gives us a chance, no matter what we have defensively, gives us a chance to win every Sunday when you've got Dan Marino, and they won a lot of football games together. Came up short in one Super Bowl, but, um, yeah, I think it was one of the greatest things that Coach Shula did was changing – um, his mindset from a run-heavy team to a pass-heavy team um, because for Coach Shula, it wasn't about ego. It was about winning football games. Joe Rose from WQAM in Miami joining us. And, Joe, I know on your show you talk about all football. So last year, Derek King goes to the University of Miami, and they have a pretty good year, and prospects are good for a nice 2021, but not going so hot. Good win last week. What's going on with my Canes? Yeah, the Canes, by the way, De'Ara King, one of the classiest kids. I shouldn't call him a kid. He's not a kid anymore. Young man um, I've ever been around. Incredible. I get why everybody has such great things to say about him. Another injury, though, he's been beaten up, so he's out. Yep. Um, Manny Diaz been on a little bit of a hot seat down here because it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And then in the last couple of weeks, they started to play a lot better. They've got Van Dyke at quarterback, a young quarterback who took over. Um, we could see it right from week one in the second half, and then second half really good in the second game. And then the last two weeks has just played like he's been around forever in college football. But I got to tell you, Mark, the great, the great days of the national championships or losing in a national championship, they're over. I mean, we are way, way behind that. It's about – trying to figure out how to win the coastal division in the ACC. When you were here, you got, you were, you were there and you, you got to see some of the greatest teams, by the way, now that we look back, some of the greatest teams in the history yeah. of college football and all those guys. And I know you've had some of them like Andre Johnson have been a big part of the Texans. I know they drafted a lot of those guys at one point. I think you had four or five Miami hurricanes yeah. uh, on, on the roster, some really good players, so you know what it looks like and, and all those first-round picks they had, and now it's Alabama doing most of that. But they got some work. They got to make a decision on the head coach. We'll see how they play the rest of the year. 
now that they're back at two and two in the ACC, they've got Georgia Tech this uh, this Saturday. All right, so you want a great stat from this particular matchup between the Texans and the Dolphins? You look yeah. at Lamar Miller has had huge games for each team against the other, right? Because you had the Dolphins blowing out the Texans in 2015 in South Florida, the only Miami win in this series. And you had, of course, Lamar Miller and the Texans victorious in 2018 against the Dolphins at NRG Stadium. It's, it's pretty wow. interesting what Lamar has been able to do. But, and you mentioned Andre Johnson. He always had big games against the Dolphins. And I'm really looking forward to going down there. It seems like we play a lot, but it's mostly here. It's only the fourth trip for the Texans to Miami. You know, you're right. And I believe if, if I'm not mistaken, um, the first year of the Texans, and I may be off on this. Did they come down and beat the Miami Dolphins the when they were like a 13-and-a-half-point underdog? Second Se- year? Second year opening day, Andre Johnson's debut. And you know this. I mean, that was back when the Dolphins were unbeatable in September at home. You just never lost in the in the Super Bowl era. And for some reason, it's funny because you built the practice bubble and then the record got worse in September at home. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, Joe. <laughs> so much for – Players not getting burned out because of all the heat and yeah. all that uh, that stuff. So much for that. Yeah, I'm not so sure how I feel about those indoor facilities when it's nice out. Yeah, exactly. All right, Joe, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Mark, I can't wait, man. Hopefully, well, listen, I, I'm sure it's going to be a really good game. Yes, <laughs> somebody's going to win. That's going to be nice. <laughs> all right, thanks. Thanks, Mark. There's Joe Rose, Miami Dolphins color commentator, WQAM morning show host, former Dolphins tight end. That's going to do it for the podcast this week. Check out all the other Texans-oriented podcasts wherever you get podcasts, wherever they're available, or on the Texans app. Have a great weekend, everyone. Don't forget Texans at Miami, Sunday noon, Sports Radio 610, and the Bull 100.3 FM. Have a great day. Go Texans.